You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. I am one of the hosts, Nick Filato, joined as always by Chris Flum. And Chris and I are here to discuss the Giants' upcoming matchup against the 3-6 and six Detroit Lions at home. Chris, how are you doing? You know, I'm doing well. It's finally starting to really feel like November out there. Uh, we are recording this on a Thursday, and I am currently very thankful I am not in Buffalo, where they're looking at maybe four feet of snow in 24 hours. That's that's absurd. <laughs> that's absolutely absurd. We've had some famous snow games in the NFL before, and it's looking like Sunday against the Browns could be another one of those famous snow games. But in terms of the New York Giants and the Detroit Lions, look, Chris, I watched some of the last two wins by the Detroit Lions, and those were the last two games because they're on a two-game winning streak. And I'm not in the business, Chris, of saying that the Detroit Lions are lucky or that they're the most fortunate team ever, but the ball bounced in their direction, I would say, in both of those games that led that helped lead to those wins. I think it's fair to say that much. Yeah, that that I think is very fair to say. They had a couple of red zone turnovers against the Packers. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers was able to move the ball pretty effectively against their defense, and they made the plays they had to when they absolutely had to. And then they came out on top in turnovers with the with the uh, Chicago game, and they also had some breaks go their way as well. Yeah, you brought up those two red zone turnovers. Like Aaron Rodgers threw three interceptions in that game, two within his own five-yard line. Green Bay outgained Detroit 389 to 254. Green Bay dominated time of possession. And then when you go back to the Lions and the Bears game, and I watched more of this game specifically, you had a, a point in the game where Chicago was up by 10 points. And Detroit is driving down the field, and Jared Goff throws a terrible interception that is negated by a penalty that didn't necessarily have anything to do with the play itself. And then Jared Goff hands a football off to DeAndre Swift, ends up being a touchdown. So Jared Goff's interception is totally negated. Two plays later, Aiden Hutchinson makes a great play to read a tight end screen to Cole Komet, and Justin or Justin Fields, I almost said Justin Herbert, Justin Fields throws the ball directly to Jeffrey Okuda and he takes it in for a pick six. And that ties the game up. And then even later in the game, Cairo Santos misses, or earlier in the game, I should say, Cairo Santos misses an extra point. And that really ended up being a huge factor in this game. Cairo Santos is the kicker for the Bears because the game's final was 31 to 30. These are two really hard fought divisional wins by the Detroit Lions, one on the road. So I want to applaud them for that. But the ball certainly bounced in the right direction for them. And they seized the opportunity when it presented itself. Yeah, I, I think as Giant, Giants fans know well know, 
you the ball will bounce in various directions over the course of a game and your team has to be ready to capitalize when it bounces in their direction like the giants and the lions over the last 4 weeks or so i think are broadly speaking not dissimilar teams like um I'm couching that quite a bit because obviously the Giants are seven and two. The Lions are three and six. They're kind of heading in two different directions, at least records wise. But the the Giants have certainly had breaks go in their direction. Like we saw that against the Jacksonville Jaguars. We saw that last week against the Houston Texans. And part of that, a big part of that is just football being football it is a high speed game played by people and people are going to make mistakes and you also have to be in position to take advantage of those mistakes when they are made and also play in a certain way to maybe force the other team into making mistakes which is something i think these two defenses the giants and the lions both try to do now the giants have done that much more consistently than the lions have but I think the similarities are there. And I don't think it's crazy to say that there are similarities. I think the Giants are the much better football team. I think they're they're a more well-coached football team than the Lions, and I think their defense is just substantially better than anything that the Lions have on the defensive side of the football. But you kind of nailed it there. Just be opportunistic when the opportunity is there, and that's what the Lions defense has done those last two games. Hopefully they don't do it this week against the New York Giants. Let's discuss a little bit about this Lions offense. Look, the Lions offense is not an issue, but similar to the Giants, they they are based off of the rushing attack that sets up the play action, but that play action passing attack is really explosive, and I feel like Jared Goff typically does a good job delivering a very catchable and nice football in the intermediates and deep portions of the field. Like right now, the Lions offense, they're fourth in the league, Chris, in explosive plays. They have 42 explosive plays. The Giants are dead last right now with 21. The only teams that have more explosive plays than the Detroit Lions are the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Dolphins. Conversely, the Giants defense are 17th in allowing explosive plays, and they've only allowed 37. So they're 17th best, so they're about middle of the pack. Yeah, and uh, and part of that really is, actually a lot of that is the Lions passing attack with those play-action strikes. They're third in the NFL in 20-plus yard passes with 36 of them. So they can pick up yards through the air, pick up big chunk plays through the air, which part of that is absolutely necessary because they tend to be playing from behind a fair bit, which means you have to throw probably more than you want to. And if you can't run the ball consistently, you do have to take more shots on third and long, those kinds of situations. So I think that is something the Giants defense has to be aware of, especially with a secondary that's kind of banged up and a defensive scheme that is really based on risk versus reward. You know, they are willing to allow explosive plays the potential for explosive plays if it also means pressuring the opposing quarterback i think there are certain players on the new york giants defense that we must discuss when we're 
thinking about what the Detroit Lions do well offensively, and it's the linebackers. It's Jalen Smith, and it's Micah McFadden, and then it's rookie safety Dane Belton. Because this team is so effective using the play-action passing attack, I think they're going to attempt to have those linebackers bite up and then just hit those deep overs, those intermediate crossers to Amon Ross St. Brown, who's a very talented slot wide receiver, who's also really gritty as a run blocker too. And I think that's one of the reasons why this offense is so effective running play action. It's not just Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift, who we'll get into in a little bit, but it's also players like Amon Ross St. Brown who sell the run so well. They go like they're going to go right into the block like they're going to go right to pick up that linebacker and then they just bend right around, get quickly into their route. Their ability to sell a uh, run when they're actually passing the football, I feel like it's elite. And that's one reason why we've seen so much effectiveness from this offense under Ben Johnson's tutelage, a young offensive mind who is gaining a lot of steam as well. Not as much as Mike Kafka, but still he's done a <laughs> solid job with this offense. Yeah. And you talk about selling the run on play action. That is really the most important part of play action is making the defense believe just instantly instinctively believe that you are running the ball you know there uh, there are a lot of people who talk about establishing the run and then using play action off of that really establishing the run isn't necessary if you can run if you can make your blocking everything about the play look like you are running the ball and then the quarterback keeps it and throws it because if it looks for all the world, like you are running the ball, the defense has no choice. It is in their DNA to come up and defend the run. And the lions do it very well. And honestly, man, it comes down to Jalen Smith, Micah McFadden, Dane Belton, Dane Belton. We saw the 44 yard rush by Damian Pierce. That could have, or should have, I should say been like a seven, eight yard game by Damian Pierce. Belton took a terrible angle downhill. It's going to be something that we're going to have to monitor in this game. And I really like what we're seeing from Micah McFadden and Jalen Smith. Once Jalen Smith was moved to the mic, which was after the Jacksonville game, which ironically enough, I felt like was a horrible game for Jalen Smith, but he gets upgraded to the mic, but the giants in Seattle shut down Ken Walker. They really did. He had 18 carries for 51 yards, had that touchdown after a muffed punt by Richie James. I'm not going to really blame the defense for that. And then the 44-yard rush by Pierce, I'm not going to say, oh, yeah, we can just take that away. But it was one rush. Other than that, he had 17 carries for 94 yards, including that 44-yard rush. So the Giants did a really good job against Pierce as well. So I'm hoping that the Giants defense can come in at home, and then they can really just slow down the rushing attack of Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift. What I'm a little nervous about with DeAndre Swift is Dan Campbell spoke this week saying we want to get him more touches. He's been dealing with a knee injury. He's been dealing with a shoulder injury, and those have kind of limited him, and you hardly see him out there. Like They have a three-man committee right now with Jamal Williams being that primary back, that short down back, that third and short back with DeAndre Swift and Justin Jackson getting sprinkled in there. So it is a little random, but I'm thinking we might see a little bit more DeAndre Swift, which is a little scary because he's one of the most explosive running backs when he's healthy. Yeah, and that is a a style of running back that the Giants have really struggled with because they don't have that speed at the second level that maybe some other defenses do have. And if they're even a little bit out of position, that can make it very difficult for them to take good angles and for explosive runners to get the angle on their defenses. And I have to say one more thing with Swift is he's a capable receiver. Like he is 
pretty dangerous on those passing plays that are really just an extension of the running play where you get them out on a quick swing route and they get the ball in space and there's five, 10 yards open field in front of them or out on wheel routes, things like that. And those, the perimeter runs, those, we'll call them extended handoffs are the plays that really kind of worry me with DeAndre Swift. Now, Adoree Jackson has been excellent coming downhill, tackling, defending the run, but you're going to need more than just Adoree Jackson. I agree. And the offensive line that they're going to be running behind these running backs, it's, it's one of the best in the league. And no one really thinks about the Detroit Lions as an offensive line unit that is top five, but I would say they have to be, right? They have three former first-round picks who are actually living up to their pedigree with Taylor Decker as left, ta- left tackle, Sine Pua or Pene Suel at right tackle, and then Frank Ragnow, who's one of the best centers in the league. Jonah Jackson was a third-round pick a couple of years ago out of Ohio State, who by all regards is playing well. And I honestly don't know too much about Evan Brown, but going through his his pro football focus, it seems like he grades pretty well for somebody who was undrafted in 2020 and kind of has to start because Holly Pooley Vitae Vitae was hurt in the preseason, I think it was, or it might have been in week one, but it was really early in the season. So overall, man, this offensive line, I don't think they're going to own the point of attack because Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence are playing unreal football at this point. I don't think they're going to have much success hitting the A-gap, but we know one of the biggest liabilities with this Giants defense is runs to the outside. Can you block down on the edge rushers and then take advantage of the Giants second level defenders not being in the correct position at the correct time? That is something the Giants have struggled with. So I think that's going to be one of the critical matchups in this game is that offensive line against the Giants defensive line and the Giants ability to contain the edge rushes. Yeah, even more than the Giants defensive line, it's the defensive front in general, because you do have those down linemen who are playing so well that they will control the eight gaps and probably the B gaps as well. But then you also need the edge defenders, Jihad Ward, Kayvon Thibodeau, Tamon Fox, O'Shane Zimenez, those guys, Ellison Smith, those guys need to step up, make their blocks on the edge, extend the outside zone plays, you know, run those over to the sidelines. And then the second level defenders, the linebackers, whichever safeties happen to be at the second level for that particular play, Dane Belton, Uh, maybe Landon Collins if he plays those guys need to be in good position and take good angles Darnay Holmes too and that's that's a matchup that I'm really interested to watch Darnay Holmes against Amon Ross St. Brown and we talked about Amon Ross St. Brown's physicality as a blocker we've seen Darnay Holmes lose badly in the run game and we've also seen him last week make a bunch of really good plays in the run game. The one play that really comes to my mind that was negative, I think it was against Jacksonville. And look, Harley does not like this talk about Darnay Holmes. And this isn't slander, Harley, on Darnay Holmes. No. We like Darnay Holmes here on this podcast. But I think if I'm the Detroit Lions and I want to exploit and use my personnel to its fullest potential, I'm looking at I'm on Ross St. Brown and I'm saying I'm going to isolate I'm on Ross St. Brown against Darnay Holmes and try to create some explosive plays through the air because the wide receivers here for the Detroit Lions, Chris, they're they're suspect because they're all freaking injured right now. I mean, like Josh Reynolds is injured. Jamison Williams is injured. You have Khalif Raymond, Amon Ross St. Brown, and then Tom Kennedy. And that's probably going to be their 11 personnel package. Yeah. And that's not a terrible person, 11 personnel package. Like as far as receivers go that you could, I think 
you could do worse. I'm very curious to see if DJ Chark will play. Yeah, he he has been activated off the injured reserve. He's returned to practice, so he's in that window where he could play. I don't know if he it will be if he returns to the field this week. I uh, just looking around, reading, it seems more likely that Chark will be able to play this week than Romeo Oquara, who was also, you know, former Giants great Romeo Oquara was also activated off of the injured reserve this week. It seems more likely that Chark will play. Uh, he and Amon Ra together, that I think is kind of a, a duo worth being concerned about, especially if the Giants are not able to consistently pressure Jared Goff. And that's where it all comes down to, because I think the keys to the victory for the New York football giants is pressure. Jared Goff, stop the run. That simple. Jared Goff is a totally different quarterback when you can get after this guy, whenever you can get near his feet, whenever you can just apply pressure and force him to make mistakes. Cause Jared Goff on the season has what? 2,277 passing yards, 15 touchdowns, seven interceptions, completing just under 64% of his passes with a 7.6 yards per attempt average. Those are solid numbers, right? Those are respectable when he's under pressure. Golf is 38 of 83, which is 45.8% completion rate for 514 yards with three touchdowns and four interceptions. And if you watch some of those interceptions, they're not that great. Like he under pressure, Jared Goff is a different type of quarterback and he doesn't have the mobility that Daniel Jones does to avoid and evade pressure. Can he step up in the pocket, maneuver the pocket? Yeah, I feel like he does that adequately, but we know Wink Martindale has some very creative blitzes. We saw some of them against Davis Mills, a different one on each of the third downs in the three and out series from the first, second, and third drives of the game for the Houston Texans. But we've seen it all throughout this season. And I think if the Giants can get the, the Lions into third and long, Chris, you're going to start seeing some uh, some really creative pressures and some Jared Goff under pressure, happy feet, making some poor decisions that the Giants can hopefully feast on. Yeah, and I think that also hints to maybe the third key to the game, which stopping the run is a big part of it, and that is keeping the Lions behind the chains, winning on first and second down. Because if they can get to you know second and four, second and three, and then third and one and two, that really does limit what the Giants are able to do and opens up what the Lions are able to do on offense. And as we've talked about, they do have an offense that is capable of moving the ball, is capable of picking up chunk plays and capable of putting up some pretty good scoring numbers. Yeah, you know, they are, I believe, 12th in the league, you know, just outside of the top 10 in terms of scoring on the season. And, you know, that is that's some offensive firepower you have to at least respect, at least between Amon Ross St. Brown, DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, and what they're able to do scheme-wise. Hopefully there's an overcast at MetLife Stadium because the sun god cannot rise against the New York Giants. That's what Amon <laughs> Ra means. Anyways, guys, before we get into the Lions defense, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors here at SB Nation. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. 
you can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Chris, let's talk about this Lions defense. Look, this Lions defense is not great. They allow a ton of points. But how have they looked recently, and what are your overall takeaways about this defensive unit under the tutelage of Aaron Glenn? Yeah, I think they're an interesting defense. Uh, just to give a little bit of background, Aaron Glenn, the Lions' new defensive coordinator, for the for about six years, from 2016 to, to 2021, he coached defensive backs for the New Orleans Saints under Dennis Allen. And I think you can really see... Dennis Allen's influence on Glenn as a defensive coordinator. And I think you can also really see Dan Campbell in this Lions defense. He is a very aggressive coach. And I think this is a very aggressive defense. They love to attack gaps. They aren't afraid to blitz. They're just outside of the top 10 in total blitzes and blitz percentage. They don't blitz like Wink Martindale blitzes, but they do blitz more than the average team in the NFL. And they also play a ton of man coverage. Most of the time, they're going to be in either a cover one or a cover three shell. And they do sprinkle a little bit of cover two and a little bit of cover six in. I Mostly in like third and long situations when they they want to take away the deep shot. But for the most part, they're going to be playing middle field close single high coverage usually man coverage on the outside and just the defensive front they're pretty much always a four down front and they love to attack gaps they do not play at least from what i've seen a whole lot of the tight tight fronts that the giants play where you have nose tackle right over the center two five techniques four eye techniques over the offensive tackles, you crowd those interior gaps and really control the middle of the line of scrimmage. That's not what the Lions do. They want to attack into the backfield, and it can be very effective for them. You know, we talked about how they put themselves in position to be opportunistic over the last two games, but it can also lead to just getting absolutely gashed on the ground when the opposing offensive line does its job. And that's where I'm leaning, right? Well, first off, I want to make one point about the Giants defense. I think they're going to have a similar approach from a run stopping standpoint that they did against Damian Pierce and the Houston Texans. It's going to be that tight front with the two edges on the line of scrimmage, creating a five man front. I think we're going to see that, but to go back to what we're talking about and discussing with the Detroit lions, I think the Giants are going to be able to establish the run against this team. I mean, they're at home. We just saw Saquon Barkley receive, what, 35 freaking carries, 36 touches. I think the Giants 
can run the football. They'll try to run the football early in this game to set up the play action pass, work the RPO and stuff like that. But if the Detroit Lions consistently play man coverage as much as they have done in the past, I think you're going to see another big Daniel Jones on the ground type of game if the Giants want to employ him in that manner, which we haven't seen as much recently, but we saw it a lot earlier in the season. Anytime the Giants faced man coverage teams, they just told Daniel Jones, run, just run, pick up the yards. We saw it a ton against Dallas. Then we saw the play action boot work so often and so frequently against Chicago because they didn't even realize that the quarterback could run. I think they forgot that that was a rule (laughs) in football. That's how bad they were. But look last week. Justin Fields had 147 yards on the ground, right? Jalen Hurts in week one had, I think, over 90 yards on the ground. So I think that's another part of the game plan that the Giants are going to attempt to incorporate. And I think the zone reads, look, Aiden Hutchinson was a little bit more disciplined last week against his own read uh, versus Justin Fields. But I think the Giants are going to run the zone read. And if, if those defenders pinch towards Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones will oblige and he'll take the football. He didn't last week. But if you watch the game, Chris, and I know you did, Houston was just really disciplined. They just didn't really allow Daniel Jones to keep the football. Every time that defender just stayed put and Daniel Jones handed the football off. So I think we'll see a little bit more Daniel Jones on the ground. Yeah, I think so as well. I think it'll be very interesting if we don't see Jones running the ball because yeah, over the last, I think, four games, he has only had more than, I believe, five carries in one of them, and that, and that was that big Jacksonville game. Otherwise, if somebody's running the ball, it's going to be Saquon Barkley, and if Jones is picking up yards, it's mostly on scrambles, not a designed run or anything like that. Part of that is the the discipline the Seahawks and Texans played with against the the zone reads. I'm not sure if the Lions are going to have that same level of defense because they are very young. They've got seven players aged 23 or under who have started a significant number of games for them. That is a lot. That's a lot, a lot. And again, between Glenn and Dan Campbell, they want to attack into the backfield and that can lead them to biting very hard on misdirection on play action in some ways kind of like what we talked about with the giants against the lions offense i think the giants offense can can cause those same problems for the lions offense now you talked about how how well justin fields played 147 yards two touchdowns on the ground. That is a monster game from a quarter for really anybody running the ball. I have to say since the Lions bye week, they have played better against running backs. They've averaged 114 yards on the ground, which not great, but that's still, I believe 13th in the NFL on the season. Like if that, if that average per game were applied were their season average, they'd be 13th. Over the last three games, if you exclude Justin Fields, like just put him off to the side, just against running backs, they've averaged 108 yards on the ground, giving up 108 yards, which would be eighth in the NFL. So they are playing better against running backs in recent weeks. And I think part of that is as undisciplined as they can be, the Lions are actually pretty sound tacklers. They have the second fewest missed tackles in the NFL, the first fewest missed tackles are the Giants. With 26, the Lions have 33 missed tackles. 
and they allowed the fewest yards after catch of any team in the NFL. So they're good at getting ball carriers on the ground. So they they don't give up those extra yards where you running back goes through an arm tackle or anything like that. They they get the guy on the ground when they have the opportunity. I think we should talk a little bit about that defensive front and specifically, Chris, one player in particular who Giant fans know kind of well because he was rumored to be going to the Giants, but the Giants picked fifth. He ended up being selected before the New York Giants had a chance to have an opportunity to select him. I think the Giants are fine with the guy they went with, Mr. Kayvon Thibodeau, but of course we're referring to Aiden Hutchinson. What have you seen from Aiden Hutchinson so far this season? I, I brought up the the how he read that screen last week, and that's what really facilitated the comeback. Like Little plays like that can go a long way. I still look at this kid, man. He's like 6'6". He's almost 6'7", but he's only like 260 pounds. I think he can add a little bit more weight to that frame, but overall, I've been impressed from the little bit I've seen of him. What about you? I am very impressed by Aiden Hutchinson. He is he got off to a bit of a slow start. Part of that is the the Lions had a very tough schedule to open their season. And I think it's taken Hutchinson a little bit to get acclimated to the NFL, which that happens with all rookies. Recently, however, he has stepped up. He's playing more like he did at Michigan. And he is he is a guy who he might be a little bit thin for his height. I'm not sure if I'd really want him to add any more mass, but he's still big. He's still strong. He's very fast. He's got that 4640. He's got an almost wide receiver level of agility at in his three cone and short shuttle. And he is very explosive off of the line of scrimmage. He's got the ability to win with power. I mean, against the against the Packers, he was moving David Bakhtiari back. He was getting under Bakhtiari's pads and putting him on skates. That's impressive for a rookie. And he has one of the more explosive first steps I've seen in a while. He, he wastes really no energy getting off the line of scrimmage. It's just kind of the ball is snapped and he is moving. I have seen faster first steps, but as far as just pure explosiveness, not many. And I think he has some really good bend and agility for his height. You're talking about him. He's almost six foot seven. He can still win high side. He can get under offensive tackles pads. He can out leverage guys who are shorter than him. And he can win around the edge. I think it, it is interesting that the Lions play him at a wide nine very, very often. So they don't force him to really bend the edge like Von Miller. But they do allow him to carry a lot of that momentum into the backfield. That's good to hear for Aiden Hutchinson. Hopefully the Giants will be able to contain him and not allow him to have game-changing plays like he's had in two consecutive weeks. Ironically enough, both those weeks, the Lions end up winning this football game. But the rest of this defense, I mean, guys like Isaiah Bugs, they've been around for a little bit. I remember him back at Alabama. Aleem McNeil was a third-round pick last year. That's their defensive line, along with rookie Josh Paschal, who we liked coming out of Kentucky, or at least I thought he was a, a solid player. But I think like fitting with a team like this, makes a lot of sense for a guy like Pascal. Alex Anzalone is somebody from the University of Florida, spent several years with the Saints. I felt like he was all over the field last week, but then their weak side linebacker, Malcolm Rodriguez, or Rodrigo as they called him on hard knocks, did not play <laughs> last week. I think there are their front is is 
okay, but I think the Giants should have the upper hand if they can get in a groove and allow Saquon Barkley to do, do it. Yeah, I believe Rodriguez is – he should be able to come back from injury. I believe he's been – he has been practicing this week, at least on a limited basis. Hopefully – from the from the Giants – sorry, from the Lions' perspective, they're obviously hoping to get him back. They're, they're hoping to get Deshaun Elliott, the safety, back from the concussion. Uh, Kirby Joseph, I believe, is off the injury report. Julian Okwara, younger brother of Romeo Okwara, is off the injury report. So the Lions are getting healthier on defense, but this is a defense where the Giants should be able to find success. Their big strength, running the ball, matches up with the Lions' biggest weakness. Now, if the Lions can maintain discipline, if they can continue to be sound tacklers and not over-pursue plays, things get a lot harder for the Giants, I think. I would agree. And one thing I will say, Kirby Joseph was suspect last game. Like I think he was the reason why Cole Komet was absolutely wide open for like a 40-yard catch or whatever the heck it was. I think it ended up going for a touchdown, actually. And then uh, so he's a player who's a rookie, third-round pick, believe out of Illinois, if I'm not mistaken. I think the Giants can look at him and be like off the play action, take a shot to Darius Slate and try to take advantage of the fact that he's a little bit inexperienced and he's coming off of a really bad game against the Chicago Bears. But other than that, Chris, you have Jeff Akuda who's playing really well this year and the rest of the secondary, the Giants don't necessarily have wide receivers who can just dominate matchups, but through the scheme, through the play action passing attack, the giants can get open against some of these individuals. I think. Yes. I I'll be interested to see if the giants look to exploit that, that press man coverage with the zone read. And I'll also, I fully expect to see a lot of man beaters out there from Mike Kafka, maybe try to get those. We'll say, natural rub routes definitely not pick plays because pick plays are illegal and the giants wouldn't do that with uh maybe kenny galladay lawrence cager isaiah hodges maybe trying to create some natural separation for wandale robinson or darius slayton to get those guys the ball in space get the ball out of daniel jones hands quickly because i do have to say uh eight I'm not worried about Aiden Hutchinson against Andrew Thomas, but against Phillips right tackle that I think is a bit of a concern. And I'm excited to watch this game. Hopefully the giants can get their eighth win of the season. Who would have thought not me as Paul Rudd would say, I think it's the second time I use that reference on this podcast, but Chris, (laughs) anything else on this game, my friend? Nope. I, I think we've covered it about as well as we can. We've broken down the offense, broken down the defense, All that's left is to play the game. Play the game and they shall. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the Chris and Nick show here on Big Blue View Radio. Please head on over to BigBlueView.com where you can check out all of our written content. Check out Big Blue View on YouTube. We're posting videos up there, X's and O's stuff at Valentine's, Valentine's Views podcast. And also have a lovely day. Go Giants. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on home mom? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. 
Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.